0: Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 14. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you are truly having a fantastic week. And also, I hope you've had a fantastic Christmas as well. So I love this time of year. There's, It's just a way to sort of, It's quite a busy time of the year as well, even though it's sort of shops and places are shut down. It seems to be more hectic in the places that you need to go to. But whatever you are doing, I hope you are truly having a fantastic time. I hope you've had the opportunity to have massive celebration. I hope you've also had time to recover from those celebrations. Uh, I hope you have had some great time in just recharging taking a a little bit of time out for a little bit of self-care as best you can during Christmas but it's that it's a really important part of developing a success IQ it's a really key part of creating the success that you really want out of life and one of the ways I love to sort of chill out is one of the things we do and we've done it for quite a few Christmases my my wife and my two boys we literally choose a couple of days where we just sit down, we completely chill out, we do a mar- movie marathon. And what I love about it is it gives me an opportunity to get the whole family in one room for a longer period of time because we all have busy lives. you know kids seem to have such a more hectic life of doing things and social life and, and all sorts of things. but it's it's that time when, where I seem to sit down and I just beam. Both inside and outside, where I've got you know my family around me. And last year, I think we did the the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. As you can imagine, that was that was some serious movies. Um, I have to admit, if I'm being completely transparent, I have even done the Twilight marathon, um, which was not so memorable. If I'm if I'm honest, I think my wife loved it. I'm not quite sure if um, if my boys and myself enjoyed it as much. But you know, that's just the way it goes. So before we really get kicked into this episode, I just want to remind you that the whole idea of this episode with our guest today and the episode for next week is going to be about supporting you and assisting you in to be more effective with planning and targeting. So this week we've got a great guest and about and we're going to really focus on the goals and the targets and also next week we're going to really focus about planning, which is strategies that either I've used myself and found very useful or that I work with my clients and they have found useful. Um, perhaps it's, there'll be new ones that I've not yet tried but things that I do know um, have helped people as well because it's about sharing those sort of things as well with you. But let's get started in this week's episode. So I'm really really honoured to introduce you all to Dave Heiner and In this episode, we're going to talk about why smart goals don't work. But just to give you a little bit about Dave, Dave's an award-winning international professional speaker who gives clients the confidence and skills to achieve massive goals. Dave went from being average at best age 30 to vowing to both live and leave a legacy that enabled and inspired others to be their best. David has interviewed hundreds of top achievers to establish that smart goals do not work. And that successful people tend to set huge goals. His renowned goal setting model, the massive goal of principle, has empowered others to become sporting champions, best-selling authors, business successes, and much more. Dave, it's really great to have you on the show, my friend.
1: Well, I want to meet this guy. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I have to say, um as a as a and no, your presentation when when I first met you at the PSA meeting up in up in Newcastle was possibly yeah. one of the best presentations I have heard. So it's oh, it's it's you. absolutely brilliant to get you on the show. So oh you know, my privilege. Well, it's it's a, it's a true honour, sir, and it's I'm really looking forward to getting into this because when this airs, it's just going to be the beginning, or oh, nearly the beginning of 2017. So even though I'm not necessarily someone who likes to set goals just at the last part of the year and the beginning part of the year, I think it's a probably a very poignant way to
1: talk about stuff. Fantastic.
0: So tell us a little bit about your journey that got you to to this point. What set you on that adventure of entrepreneurship and doing what you're doing?
1: Thank you for asking, Jeff. It's it, Well, it's an unusual one because many speakers set out to become a speaker. It's something they see that they want to do and go after it, whereas I've Become one. Uh, I I used to be a chef. I had um, a small catering and event business based in Birmingham in the West Midlands in England. And after thirteen years, I realised that I wasn't really growing the business, and so I looked for somebody to blame and realised it was me. Uh, I was a control freak, a micromanager, and wouldn't delegate. So I, I decided to try and learn how I could become more successful as a person, as a businessman, everything, because I was average at best. And I was afraid of educating myself because of my experiences at school as a child. I, I was one of these kids who was too immature for school. School didn't get me, and I didn't get it. And, and my clients, though, in my catering business, were the who's who of the West Midlands. I had entrepreneurs, captains of industry, football managers, and I started to get to know them. And I used to ask them, Jeff, a bit like we're chatting now, come on, tell me. How is it you think and behave? What makes you so much more effective and successful than everyone else in your industry or field? What is it you do? How do you think? How do you behave? And, Jeff, what they taught me, it just blew my mind. It contradicted almost everything I'd ever been taught at school, college, on business management training courses. And the biggest thing we got from our research, my friend, was how they set goals because all of us are being taught to set goals but in a very specific way and i'm sure you and everyone listening to this has been on a course read a book heard a speaker been to a seminar or an event where someone's stood up to talk about goals and they've said your goals must be realistic mm. and achievable yeah. smart goals now i used to set smart goals and that was when I had an average at best life. Mm. Top achievers do not set smart goals. In fact, my friend, in, in 228 interviews to date asking top achievers the specific question, how do you set goals? Have a guess, my friend, and many of them answered by saying, oh, I set realistic and achievable goals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a handful if best. <laughs> Absolute zero. Yeah. Not one of them. And so they all set massive goals, huge goals, enormous goals, big, fat, hairy goals, dream, ambition. They, they used this language. And I thought, you know what? It's okay for them. They're top achievers. Of course they can set big goals. But what about average people like myself? And then one, of the day, one day, one of them challenged me and said, David, you should set a massive goal. And I went, no, I can't. And he went, no, do it. And so for the first time in my life, at around about the age of 30, I set myself my first truly massive goal. And personally and professionally, I've never looked back since. And when I started to achieve things, people started asking me how I did it. When I shared it with them, they started to achieve things. People started asking me to speak. And I went, no, 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 I'm not a speaker. I mean, the thought of doing this podcast with you, Jeff, years ago would have terrified me to my core and now it's my privilege to speak to between 10 and 50,000 people here all over the world it's crazy and i've become a professional speaker
0: yeah and and you really have as well because um uh, to be absolutely honest i mean i'm i've been part of the psa now for several several years and it's the the way you present yourself the how relaxed you are and how much fun you have and I truly mean this, uh, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke. Is it's something that I aspire to because you just make it look so easy. Oh, and, it, and it's something that um, I remember leaving leaving the, the this workshop and just going, Do you know what, that's, that's exactly how I want to have, well, not exact, because obviously we want to have our own way, but the presence was just, unbelievable and so it's you've 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 done it <laughs>
1: well, my friend I will pay you later I and I mean that that is one of the nicest things anyone could say about a speaker that you were just so relaxed and authentic because because do you know what years ago I used to be try I used to try and be motivational and I used to be, like some of the speakers yeah you know, please like me make me feel significant and if you're lucky I'll teach you something yeah um, and hmm. I got average at best results, like many people. But then as soon as I went, do you know what? They're having it. And I became more extrovert, but not not with an intent of being extrovert. It was just that I got so passionate about the difference this content can make that it freed me up just to be myself because I was able to say, come on then, try and prove it wrong. And I just became more bullish, but at the same time was able just to be Dave. And Dave is a little bit silly. He has a lot of fun, but by God, he believes in what he does yeah yeah and it's
0: in it and it's the and it's that it's that pursuit isn't it it's that constant you know it's when you speak to people who have done it or have that are are in that different space of mindset it is not nothing's too small it is you know why why can't why why do we have to settle for what's at the bottom why can't we go for the top straight away <laughs> i just don't under you know i'm the same as you i don't understand it's taken me a while to get to that mindset myself but it's looking at it and just going well why you know why not it just makes more sense
1: well i i often say to audiences when they when they're tutting and raising their eyebrows at each other when i talk about massive goals i say well answer me this then how is it possibly serving us hmm. not finding out how good we can be
0: no i totally agree how-
1: how is it working as a plan playing small? Yeah. Who is it serving really? Yeah.
0: And it's and it's it's creating I mean it's it's. I know that how I've changed from being a from being ill and my old sort of way of approach of of life and what I'm like now with my how I look at life now and I look at you know as a as a parent thinking that we can go for our you know thinking that we can think big and going for okay that's what I want to achieve is also you know, we talk about you. You talked about in the we talked about in the intro about legacy, and it's teaching yeah. our children to go. Don't settle for mediocrity because what's the point? It's it's just it's not. You know, it's it's my mission as my, as a parent having two boys is you've got to go grab life by both hands and go for it. Not sort of going, you know, I don't want to do this because so and so says it's not possible. The teacher says I shouldn't think like that. That's just It, sh- it shouldn't be like that at all.
1: Well, a mutual friend of ours in the speaking world, Neil Dorwood, who's a eulogy speaker from Scotland, he speaks at funerals for people, non-denomination funerals, and he's got this wonderful quote, and I wish I'd have thought of it, <laughs> that's how good he is, I, think, oh, I wish I'd have thought of that one, he says, are you leaving a legacy, or are you living your legacy, are you actually day-to-day being the person that's going to be talked about when you've gone in the way you want to be talked about? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's busy, everybody's busy leaving a legacy instead of living it. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's I think that's there's a there's a great quote that I heard, which is when we're born, we're the ones we're the ones crying, and all around us is smiling. When we leave this earth, let us be the ones smiling, and all around us crying. And I just think it's a to me, it's just such a message to go. You know, you've got to live life to its max, and you know it's going to be a sad day when that day happens anyway but if people can go yeah but he did everything he could possibly could i think that's a that's a thing to to behold
1: yeah absolutely
0: so let's dive into this massive principle um you know share with our listeners what is the the model
1: okay well i can go through the steps of what's involved but the actual model itself is quite a visual thing so it's it's yeah. quite hard to explain sort of okay. over an audio. But okay. I can certainly I can certainly take your people listening to your podcast through the critical steps of what's involved and how to think and behave in massive goal setting and the massive goal principle.
0: Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Because I think is, I, just before we get to that, one of the things we talk about this smart model, and you're probably going to answer this question when we go through it. But do you think having, or possibly the massive principle is that, is it broken down into making it easy to create? Because one of the things that I find when people have never made goals, or at least they say they've never written goals down, should I say, is they find the SMART model a, a, an easy step-by-step principle? I hate the word realistic, and I hate the word achievable. I'm completely with you on that. But is it, so is is massive like is is massive that sort of way that you talk about that SMART goal writing them. <laughs>
1: It, it is, because right. most, most people set realistic and achievable goals, so yeah, they set yeah. off to achieve them. 99 times out of 100, they achieve them, and they go, oh, is that it? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas the people who set massive goals, and, he, and here is a one-day workshop distilled into one sentence. Fantastic. <laughs> okay? It, you set yourself a massive goal. And you think of all the things that you might have to do, should consider doing, or people you've got to meet or contact in expertise or to achieve this goal. Write down a big, the biggest to-do list you've ever written in your life. You then prioritize those steps, and you place them. I The reason, I put it in a pyramid, okay? And the pyramid, if you imagine a triangle with rows and blocks in, so it looks like an Egyptian pyramid with blocks upon blocks upon blocks going to a pinnacle. Yeah and you put the most difficult, challenging tasks, the ones that scare you the most, the ones that you normally put off until the end of the day or you end up never getting around to doing because they're a bit scary and you don't understand them, put those in the bottom rows and blocks of your pyramid. So you're prioritizing the importance or the scariest tasks first. Mm. You then put the next important further up into the higher blocks and the least important at the top. Mm. Then, and this is the critical bit, Jeff, most people, when they do a to-do list, they'll look at the list and go, oh, busy day, I'll get that one done because it's a quick win, I can get it done. So you go off, get it done, come back, cross it off, and then you feel good about yourself because we are that shallow. Then you look down the list, you go, oh, I can get that done, quick win, you go off, get it done, come back, cross it off. We now elevate good to smug. We now feel smug. We then, if we're really pathetic like me, you then add something to the list you've already done just so that you can cross it off, so that you can stay smug. And then at the end of the day, when your time, energy, motivation and resource is at its least, people are being called upon for meetings, you're telephoning you and getting in your way and you've got other things to do that cropped up, you haven't got the motivation or the time or the energy or the resource to do the big things and so we're scared of them and we don't do them that's why most people do not achieve big goals however if you invert your to-do list and put the scariest things in the foundation lower blocks of your pyramid and focus like a laser beam on the hardest things first whilst your motivation time energy and resource, is at its greatest, then your goal can only ever get easier. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And most people, if they are that motivated, will smash through the hard stuff. Yes, it may take time. Yes, it might be hard work. I'm not going to try and patronize or fool anyone, Jeff, into thinking that massive goals will be any easier than realistic goals. No. It'll still mean you having to graft. Mm -hmm. But... If you break the back of it while well, your motivation and leverage and purpose is at its greatest, your goal can only ever get easier when everyone else's gets harder.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. And it's uh, is it Brian Tracy? Eat the
1: eat the frog. I think it's Brian. Do you know, I, I don't know. You you must forgive me. A lot yeah. of people are very widely read, and to quote Ed, I'm thinly read, um, and and that and that is because me being the arrogant little brummie that I am, I I. I assume that my customers hire me for my research, and because I'm a bit of a magpie, and I'm, if, if anyone doesn't know what I mean by that, it's mean right. Today I'm going to do the oh shiny thing over there. Look at that, and you know, I, if I start reading other people's books and going on other people's courses a lot, I'm going to get really motivated and inspired, and I i will sadly then become like many other personal development speakers who stand up and first thing that comes out of their mouth is let me tell you what dale carnegie or Stephen covey would say about this and nobody wants to know what we think of Stephen covey they want to know what we think yeah yeah. that's what pay us for
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely um but it's so so with so i guess is when you're so when you're talking about as you're talking about it's breaking through and i think People have to understand, especially if you're, you know, you're wanting to set your own business up or you're wanting to go for something that's going to epically change your life. It does require yep. effort. It's yep. not. I think I'm. i Went to America quite often a few years ago and spent a, a long time training with uh, Jack Canfield, who's part of the Secret. And oh, yeah. um, there was an awful lot of people you meet when you tell people that you've worked uh, or you've been mentored by them or whatever. And they say, you know, well, I'm 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 trying to manifest this stuff, and I go, well, how much work are you doing <laughs> yeah. to manifest it? Because this, oh. you know, it's this, there's this, there's this hole in people's knowledge where they think, you know, if I sit down on a chair, and part of it is the film, I have to admit that the guy, I think there's a clip where he sits down, closes his eyes in an armchair, and the next thing you know, he's sitting in a Ferrari, and it's like, you know, um moving forward and creating success happiness life fulfillment legacy whatever it is requires you to get off your ass and do some work and and it's and it's and you're gonna cock up you're gonna make failures I think um I'm gonna do what you've just told me not to do but it was a bit I liked Darren Hardy talks about if you want to be successful you fail fast and you fail big because that's (laughs) that's the best learning experience because you learn from your mistakes and it's and it's those things that if you are If you are going to do something, cock up massive because then at least you'll be able to go. I've learned from that, and you have to be receptive to that
1: learning experience as well, of course. And we very rarely die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, that's very true. (laughs) and, and, And tell you something else as well, Jeff. There'll be some people now listening to this or looking into my work and going, "Ah, but Dave, so if you're right, how come everybody's teaching smart goals, including?" Harvard Business School and the yeah. MBA and, and do you know what, I'm a sceptical little brummie so I did my research, I found out who invented smart goals Okay, and it was a project manager called George T. Duran and here's a quote from George, never intended to be using goal setting. Oh
0: really?
1: He was a project manager, it was designed for project management. That's crazy. <laughs> and 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 that that awkward silence—that's what always happens when I present that in a university or at a business school, yeah. um, <laughs> because we've we've been sold a lie.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I have to admit, I I teach it only in the sense of getting them to understand about you have to be you have to know what you want, you have to you have to put a time constraint on it because it helps you do it. I hate the word realistic because I know when I first started this journey. People were saying you know when you start off because I started off as a therapist and, a, a, and, a, and a, just a coach um, and it was well you can only charge this and you should only concentrate on being based in the northeast no. I was like why is that why yeah. can't I why can't I coach people in the states or why can't I coach people in Australia or why do I have to only run workshops in the Northeast? that's to me being too
1: small and I, and I can tell you why these people told you that yeah. Oh absolutely. Because that's what they do.
0: Absolutely. And it was it was all of a sudden as it was well why are you and all of a sudden I think within about 4 weeks of opening my business I was over in Norway doing workshops.
1: And it was and it was yeah
0: and and it was like oh, how did you do that? And I went well I just I didn't want to settle for the the small stuff. If I'm going to do this I want to be the best that I can be because that's to me is what it's all about. That's part of the adventure of life not not going oh well you know i'll only go for this job because i just don't i don't see the point in that
1: and there is one critical thing that uh, i haven't mentioned yet that should be the foundation to every massive goal that most people haven't got a clue about and th- and they've heard the word they think it's fluffy woolly nonsense and, you know, especially me being a bloke from Birmingham, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fluffy, woolly guy. I'm more slappy, kicky. And, and every single top achiever can answer this question in a heartbeat, which is, why are you doing this? Yeah. And the why is different to the what. Yeah. The goal is a tangible, measured outcome. The why is... Is a cause. It's a purpose. It's a reason to be getting out of four in the morning, out of your bed, so motivated to take action. If you want to write that book, start yeah. that business, make yeah. those calls, create the database, do the catch, get the coaching client in Norway. You've yeah. you've got to have a reason why, so that when the bad times come, and you've you've very eloquently um, said that the knockbacks and the failures will come along the way, mm. then they will. Mm. When most of us then would give up. If you're purpose-driven to achieve your goal, yeah. you will just go, really? Is that all you've got? Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you very much for for sharing that. That was that was brilliant. I've, I've got tons of notes, so hopefully on the audio you can't hear me scribbling. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go into a section where we I ask every guest a set of standardized questions just to really find out more about what they think about um, certain things, and also what sometimes what makes them tick and what they've learnt on the way. So the first question is, how much time do you spend a month on self-development? Now, wow. I know you said you don't, re- you don't really absorb other people, but I'm interested on this one even more now.
1: <laughs> well, okay. What I don't do is absorb myself in the world of personal development as I see it. So mm. you know, I, I, I don't go on a lot of courses. I don't read a lot of Popular psychology books but what i will do is i will read a lot of um technical data research papers i will read books by doctors and professors on emotional intelligence and psychology neurology mm-hmm. behavioral understanding body language um, i absorb myself in what i call practical hands-on development so at the moment, I'm really honing my skills on understanding body language. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not doing it by going on courses. I'm doing it by watching the thousands and thousands of people I stand in front of when I'm presenting and noticing how they're reacting and then asking them, why did you react that way afterwards?
0: Yeah, I, I have to admit, that's, that's a pastime I absolutely love doing. I love sitting in a, a coffee shop or something, and it, it gives me inspiration because I just sit there and watch them going. By what they are doing, saying, or acting what's going on in their life at the minute or trying to work on that because when I first started training as a therapist I I was I studied uh, hypnotherapy because I was interested in language structure yeah and it was really interesting how you could say one thing and or or or, or go down one route and you could see how people change but if you were to change that word slightly or you change your body language all of a sudden they would do something else so I'm I yeah I, I love that I think I think that's a great um it's the best way to learn as well because you're doing it from that experience of you interpreting what you think as well aren't you
1: experiential learning for me is is the only way to learn now i appreciate different personalities um behave and respond different ways but there there are sadly Mm -hmm. far too many highly skilled and talented academics who have actually done nothing at all with their lives yeah and if they were to actually apply their knowledge they would be the yeah. highest achievers on the planet.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic. Okay, number question two is: What is your favourite book and why?
1: <laughs> oh, I've, oh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure everybody says this to you, but can I be cheeky and have two because I can't decide? Yes,
0: why not? It's my show. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> the first one, the serious one, is called "Man's Search for Meaning," okay. and it's by Dr. Viktor Frankl, okay. F.A. Sorry, F-R-A-N-K-L, Frankel. Okay. And, and he was a psychiatrist that was incarcerated in Auschwitz in the Second World War. Okay. And he, he created uh, logotherapy and how he, he was the first psychologist to truly understand how and why a human being either falls apart when things get bad or holds it together if they are purpose-driven, if they have a big enough reason they are they will survive mm. and the book is a small book it's mm. a thin book it's at times quite harrowing to read but the first half is the story and then the second half is all the scientific background about his studies and what he observed and why people behaved the way they did it is for me a life-changing read
0: oh wow brilliant okay and the second
1: The second book, (laughs) I asked the top achievers, is there a book that's had an effect on you the same way you've just asked me? And I expected it to be either a business book, an autobiography, a biography, or or even some kind of deep philosophical book or religious book. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. (laughs) Uh, Now, this book, and Scott, I know Scott, so forgive me, Scott, for saying this, but it's not exactly the best quality read in the world mm. it's a thin book lots of pictures large print you know where i'm going yeah. with it um it, it could be better it's it's rah rah psychology yeah Actually, it's worst and this book has changed thousands and thousands of lives it's all about the attitude that you have scott unwittingly wrote a book that was so bad that it was amazingly brilliant. And yeah. top achievers love this book; they they adore it because it's all about them. It's about the three percent who choose to go rhino and charge at things rather than the ninety-seven percent who tend to moo about life.
0: Yeah, no, brilliant. I think sometimes they're the surprise books. I think there's a there's a one called Who Moved My Cheese. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at that book and it's sold well over a billion copies. And you think, uh, when I'm writing my book, I'm trying to write this, you know epic thing and it's like how did this guy get this this book to do so well when you when you look at what it's written the words are like something like remember the peter and jane ladybird books the words (laughs) are like written like that it's it's unbelievable um okay so what is your favorite app if it's evernote choose something else because that seems to be the most popular (laughs) one
1: (coughs) okay um I'm not a technical person, so okay. I, it, I don't know if it's an app or a software. But okay. actually, I'm I'm in love with iMovie and GarageBand okay. on a Mac. Brilliant.
0: Yeah,
1: because uh, I just love playing around with editing video and audio.
0: Brilliant, excellent. Okay, what has been your biggest mistake, and what did it teach you?
1: My biggest mistake, yeah, was not waking up until I was 30 years old. I was Fair. I was far too immature.
0: Okay, brilliant. Okay. What are your challenges in balancing work and life?
1: Well, i have a, I have an unusual home life. My wife is disabled. I've got a ten year old boy with severe autism and special needs, and my 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 wrench is between my passion and my work, and my mm. passion and my home life. So, I tend to work, at sleep, and be a carer. Okay. <laughs> that's, okay. So, so that that's my challenge. Yeah. Okay,
0: what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had had when you started out?
1: Oh, sell first, do all the fluffy stuff later. Yeah. Every, when people are starting out, they're told you got to have the website, the video, the book, the showreel, the business card, yeah. the stationery, the logo, the branding, and all the yeah. fluffy stuff. Get a customer. Yeah. It is the customers that will pay the bills. Start a database and get a customer. Make sales.
0: Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, so the final question is the life lesson question. If you pick a number between 1 and 50.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Let's go for 34, just for a giggle. Ah,
0: 34 is perfectionism. So basically it was a a lesson that I learned that probably kind of like what you've just talked about in that advice is – waiting till something's done right. And it's and it comes from two areas. Either one, it was one of the things that caused me the most stress in the sense of I was so worried that people would not respect me because I wasn't, whether it was a perfect coach or whether it was a perfect speaker or whether it was a, a perfect trainer or it was the fact that my work wasn't good enough because I'm dyslexic, so why would people want to why would one of people sort of learn from me because i didn't do very well at school and there was and it probably that ranges into other things as well and i'm just interested to know is, is how do you deal with perfectionism and 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 you know what has your lessons been with that
1: oh, that's a great question mate oh jeff <laughs> what a great question okay up until about 6 years ago i am ashamed to admit that I was so selfish and shallow that it was all about me. And yes, I would strive for perfection. Now, as a speaker and a trainer and as a coach... People listening to this are going, oh, yes, well, the evaluation forms, the scores, they're so important. And I, like everybody else, used to be going, da-da, please like me, make me feel significant, give me good scores. And they're meaningless. It's all meaningless because as soon as we begin to understand human beings at all, we we understand that there'll be some people who adore us, some people who hate us, and the truth is in the middle. Yeah. But, but the problem is most of us are so hung up on trying to win everybody and be liked by everybody that we tend to give all of our energy to the top 5% who adore us and the top bottom 5% who hate us and we're trying to win them round. Yeah. The truth, the truth is that the bottom 5% are never going to like us. They yeah. don't like anybody. They don't like anything. <laughs> they don't even like themselves very much, if we're <laughs> honest. So stop wasting your energy trying to pacify people who are never going to get you. Yeah. Also, ignore the top 5% because they're nutters. They're the <laughs> they're the stalkers. They're the ones who go, oh, I think you're amazing. The truth, they think everybody's amazing, everything's yeah. amazing, and that they're amazing, and they're never going to use anything you give them. Yeah. So focus all of your energy, time, money, resource, and gifts on the 90% because they're the people who are going to pay your bills. And if you focus on the 90%, you will get 95 because you'll always get the top five nutters. So here's the kicker. Instead of understanding that not everybody's going to like us, mm. accept it. Yeah. Accept yeah, yeah, and focus on the 95.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. I am extremely grateful. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, how do you take a moment to just to share how people can get hold of you, find out more about you. And obviously in the show notes, there'll be all your social media links and everything as well.
1: God bless you. Well, uh, my speaker website is David Heiner, H-Y-N-E-R.com. I am over YouTube and social media like a rash, if you put my name in it. (laughs) And uh, uh, if anybody wants either a free or one of my paid video courses, if you go to Udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y, Udemy.com, put my name in, David Heiner. And again, you will find my video courses there, free and paid. Dave, thanks very much
0: for being on the show.
1: My pleasure, Jeff. Great podcast.
0: So we've come to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have benefited from listening, please could you take some time to pop over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating as it helps me promote the show, allowing me to support other people, which you know is a big mission of mine. If you would like to email me, to ask some questions or perhaps suggest some topics, you can send me emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make this show better. If you would like to find out more about me and how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, which is GNCoach and all the other social media sites is Jeff Nicholson UK. I look forward to speaking to you next week. I'd like to wish you the greatest success and also a very happy 2017. May it bring you joy, happiness and success. Take care.